Bags down, spikes on, welcome to the track. Hi, my name is Colin Waitzman. I'm going to be your host for this episode of Track World News, presented by the Harrier. Look guys, the holidays is right around the corner. If you need an excellent gift to get your friend, your significant other, your father, your daughter, your wife, whoever it is, if you need to get an excellent gift, go to the Harrier and pick out some of their cool posters, t-shirts, hoodies, scarves, all that stuff. Got plenty of awesome gear that you're definitely going to want to pick up and use code TWN in the checkout so you can get 20% off. That's code TWN at the Harrier. Um, now, want to talk about a few different topics. So obviously track and field has started. We had our second week of competition. A few more schools have competed and now we're going to be having a extensive break until most of these athletes are going to be picking things back up again on around January 9th. That seems to be the week that a lot of athletes are either returning or having their first weeks of competition. And so we had a few different races and I want to talk about one of them in particular and then two other topics that we'll be discussing. So first topic, we're going to be talking about national record being broken. Second, we're going to be asking ourselves, does the indoor season even matter We'll be answering that. And then the last question, how will NLI impact track and field specifically? So those are going to be the three questions we're going to be answering today. So number one, uh, Abby Steiner had the performance of the week. So if you're not familiar with Abby Steiner, she is the sprinter from University of Kentucky. She is a senior now. She has the indoor national record for the 200. She won the indoor 200 at NCAAs last year, and she's now breaking the national record in the 300-meter dash with a time of 35.80. She is breaking the record set by Marilyn Adi in 1981. So that is, what, going to be 40 years ago now? She's breaking a 40-year-old record. Fantastic for her. Um, obviously, the 300 is more of an odd event. We don't see those races too often, so it's one of those breaking the 300, 500, 600. But anytime you're able to break a national record, it's very impressive. I mean, she broke the school record that was held by Sydney McLaughlin just a few years ago. And obviously, if you're ever in the same conversations as her, you're in a really good spot. So she break, breaks that 300-meter national record, and uh, it's great to see her coming back because last year, that last time we saw her at outdoors, she was hurt at the NCAA East prelim. She wasn't able to compete, and she was definitely one of the favorites going into it to win the 200. Obviously, she had won the indoor 200. We wanted to see her do the same thing outdoors, and it just wasn't in the cards. So uh, I think this is really setting her up to have a great year going forward um, because you know, whenever you're starting your season off on the right foot, that's fantastic. And she, I think, showed off some of her 400-meter prowess as well. I think she did the 4x4 four four that day. And so seeing, does that mean she's going to extend her races down from the 60 up to the 200 for indoors or up to the 400? Or is she going to stay in that 200-meter range, which was really her bread and butter last year? We're going to have to see. But it's always a great way to, to start off the season with a national record. I wish that I could say that I had a national record, even if it is in a quote-unquote off event. 
uh, it's still something that's cool to have and, and nice to see. So uh, I wouldn't be too surprised if she breaks her own 200-meter record. I believe she ran a time of 22.81. I think that's what she did last year. Will she be able to beat it this season? Only time will tell. Uh, but if she's healthy, I wouldn't put it past her. Uh, good. So next topic that I want to talk about today, and that is, does indoors matter? So we're now going into the beginning of the indoor track and field season, and you'll see from a variety of people saying that indoor track and field doesn't matter at all. Indoor track and field is everything and all that type of stuff in between. My stance on it is that indoor track and field is very important, depending on who you are. So for the majority of people running, indoor track and field is a lot more important than we give credit for. So for pretty much every high school athlete and college athlete, indoor track and field is important because it is how you're going to be getting your name out there and preparing yourself for not only the outdoor season, but preparing yourself just to run fast. Many athletes, you're not running so fast that you're in, you're at prone for injury or you're, you're have a, a difficulty being able to reach top speed. Most athletes aren't going to have that problem. And so for the majority of athletes, like, yes, indoor track and field is very important. And there aren't many indoor meets that happen throughout the season. You might have four, maybe five, if you're lucky and going into outdoor season, you'll probably have six, seven competitions, maybe even more. And so, yeah, indoor track and field is very important. It's going to teach you how to be able to hug the curves because if you have a tight lane in the 200 and you struggle getting around in a 200 or 400, guess what you're going to have trouble with? Running on, the, on lane one or two in the outdoors for the 200 or the 400. So if you can't do well in the curves for an indoor track, what makes you think you're going to be, be able to do well on the curves for an outdoor track? It's, it's, definitely, it's definitely very important. And then I would say for newer professionals, it's also extremely important because you need to make your money. And so you have to be competing at almost every meet that you can, getting your name out there and earning as much money as you can, competing at these smaller meets or competing at these odd meets because you're just getting started. And so you don't have the luxury of being able to say, hey, look, I don't want to compete at this because it's the indoor meet and it doesn't mean as much because everybody only cares about outdoors. You don't have that luxury when you're a new professional. You need to be able to compete anywhere and everywhere so you can get as much money as you can because the shelf life for a track and field athlete, especially a uh, track and field athlete that is new in post-COVID and all this, is the lifespan is very, very short. There are many athletes that might only get one or two seasons and then that's it. I mean, many athletes won't even be able to get a chance to get to an Olympic cycle. So it's as it's very, very important to com not only compete, but compete well if you're a new track and field pro. And even if you're not just new, if you're not one of the, the people that are in this next set of athletes, then it, it's still important, even if you've been on the circuit for a little while. The only people that I would say indoor track and field isn't important for are those super elite track and field athletes that everyone knows the names for. Those are the only people that it's really not important for. So, for example, I would say, you know, like the Allison Felixes, the Shelly Ann Frazier Prices, the Fred Curleys, the Devin Allens, the Grant Holloways, like all of, like the, the Coburns, like all of these athletes that 
you know, everyone knows the name for a thing Mo now that she's she's a pro. All of these athletes, indoors doesn't mean anything for them because they're making enough money through their sponsorships and through the just being able to show up. So what is it? The appearance fees. They don't need to be able to compete indoors. It's they need to compete at the the races that make the most sense for them so that they can perform well outdoors when it quote unquote actually matters. And so those are the only people that I would say indoors doesn't matter anything for. And that is a very, very small number of athletes. That is what? 1% of the 1% of the 1%. So let's just say there's a thousand track athletes in the room. That means that indoors doesn't matter for maybe five of them. Maybe, probably closer to three if there's a thousand athletes in a room, you know, just condensing how many track athletes it would be. So it's, it's important for, for everyone. And I don't think many people, as many people are taking it seriously. I mean, you can take a look at what the indoor bet person, the indoor world leads are. It's all collegiate athletes because you don't see these pros taking it very seriously or running as fast. And I still think it's, it's very important. And so I think more athletes should take it seriously and it doesn't get taken as seriously enough, but I'd love to know what you think. Do you think indoor track and field matters? I know I'm in the minority here, but still think it's important. Uh, next thing, uh, and really the final topic that I wanted to talk about, we got a little bit of a, a shorter episode today. Um, we'll be picking it back up once we have a few more uh, meets coming on, and we actually have some really cool news next episode that I'm going to share with you um, about where we're getting some extra content. So uh, I'll be talking to you about that next week. But this uh, this next topic that I wanted to, to share it is how will name image likeness affect college track and field? So just recently, we saw 15 athletes, five of which are track and field, sign a name image likeness deal with the WWE. So those were hurdler Masai Russell of Kentucky, and then 800-meter runner Aaliyah Hutchins of Wake Forest, Carlos Aviles of OSU, who's a discus thrower or or a thrower, Isaac uh, Ogdubesson of Alabama, thrower, Riley White of Alabama, pole vaulter. And so all of those athletes, among 10 others from other sports, just signed NLI deals with the WWE. So what does that mean? Uh, looked into it, and it looks like this is going to be essentially a road for these athletes to, if they're interested and have a desire, to go and be potential stars in the WWE following their collegiate career or maybe even professional career. If that's a professional career in track and field, if that's what they want to do. And so I think this is really cool because many of these athletes uh, are people that I'm sure could be superstars in their own right. I'm sure that it wasn't just how athletically gifted they are because if it was then it would just be okay who's the the fastest people in track and field or the the best throwers or whatever it is it's not just that it's i'm, I'm sure that it went into okay who has a, a marketable personality who is someone that we could see could grab uh viewers and be interested because of you know whatever their interests are what they look like where they're from yada 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 and so i think this is a very good idea and i definitely foresee this impacting where name image likeness is going to be going forward. For those of you that don't know, recently college athletics have been able to have these athletes make money off of their name, image, and likeness. So they can be utilized in these promos and be getting paid for it. So you'll be seeing advertisements from athletes 
doing different soda commercials or car washes or whatever it might be. And, and some of these can be dang near million dollar deals. I'm sure this wasn't a million dollar deal. I bet you it's different for each of these athletes, but it's probably somewhere in the tens of thousands, uh, maybe even hundreds of thousands. If I had to guess, this is just pure speculation. I have no idea, (laughs) but I wouldn't be surprised. And, um, I think that this is going to definitely start to change the way that track athletes try to market themselves. And so I wouldn't be surprised if you see more athletes really being more honed in with their social media. Obviously, the generation that we're in now focuses on social media a lot, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see more athletes focus even more time in that because they can realize, hey, if I have a big social media following, whether that's on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, whatever it might be, I can then use that to promote towards these brands like the WWE or whatever future organizations are going to be interested in this and try to get a major deal because this is huge. I mean, the WWE, this is the first like major brand that is doing something like this. And so I'm interested to see what other brands are going to be coming out with things. I mean, this is the WWE. Would we see the UFC coming out with a name image likeness? I mean, this that seems like something they could do with w, with former wrestlers or, or wrestlers in the collegiate system, maybe even some uh, college football players. Um, I'm sure there might be some other clubs, whether it be, you know, judo, taekwondo. I'm not sure exactly of some of the other NCAA sports, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see something like the UFC doing this. And so I feel this is opening the door for more and more opportunities for athletes to get paid. And I love it because I'm someone that, especially with name image likeness, where it really doesn't have everything to do with your school. You can, you can be from a major school, small school, and still get paid the same. I think this is huge because it's going to allow for more athletes to be making money, and especially in a sport that you do not make a lot of money. Like there is no money in track and field. And if you're able to now make money off of your name somehow, all power to you. I mean, I was not an athlete that probably would get paid very much at all. I don't think there's anything that would be like, yeah, let me get Colin Waitsman of Mount St. Mary's, a NEC scorer in the pole vault to represent my brand. I just don't think that's <laughs> that would have happened for me. But just because I probably wouldn't have maximized off of this doesn't mean that I don't think other athletes shouldn't be able to make money off their name. I think they definitely should. And it's a long time coming. So where will this open uh, the doors up to more opportunities? I think so. A lot of people are thinking, Oh no, this is taking the sanctity out of college athletics. It's then these athletes are doing things for the money. They're not doing this for the love of the game. It's like, well, I mean, who cares? I mean, they've been taking the, the purity, quote unquote, out of the sport a long time ago. I mean, there you have coaches that are making multi-millions of dollars. You have universities bringing out even more millions of dollars off of these athletes' names. And they're doing this all for free. And so you're finally allowing these athletes to make money back that is rightfully theirs. And I'm a fan of it. So uh, this is going to open up a good, uh, really big door for future athletes to be doing well. And I'm interested to see how that's going to pan out. But yeah, so that's going to be today's episode. Let me know what you think. Um, Oh, yeah. Actually, last thing. We have the Bowerman vote coming out later on this week, or the Bowerman vote, or not, sorry, not vote, the Bowerman results are coming out later on this week, depending on when you're listening to this episode. And so 
I'll be discussing who won that next week. Um, my predictions, Javon Harrison for the men, and then a thing Mo for the women. Uh, I feel like it's really not close. It's it's going to be them. They're the they had the two best careers and they're both undefeated. Yeah, it's it's gonna be them. But um there it's it should be exciting. Let's see how it goes. Uh if I were to go one, two, three, I would say for the men, Harrison and then Hawker and then Turner Washington. And then for the women, I would say it's gonna be a thing Mo and then I'd go with Gittens, Tyra Gittens, and then Tyra Davis. Man, that's tough to say. Actually, no, Tyra Davis second, and then Tyra Gittens. Just barely because she does have the national record, even though Tyra Gittens had easily the best performance for the NCAA championship. It's tough when you're going against someone that has national that has a couple national records. So um, it's gonna that it's gonna be exciting. We'll be talking about that next week. But I hope that you enjoyed this episode of Track World News. If you enjoyed it, please make sure that you leave a like, subscribe, leave a review. Uh, all of that only takes you a few seconds, but it really does mean the world to me. Also, if you want more content, go and follow us on Instagram at Track World News. We post different clips, highlights, news, all that type of stuff. So you definitely don't want to miss it. Um, this has been another episode. Have a good one. Talk to you soon. Peace. Thank <laughs> you.